It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. I'm your host, Jason Breifel. I'm very excited today to be hosting a show uh, with uh, two guests from the National Park Service, uh, an additional guest from the National Park Foundation, uh, talking about some initiatives and events uh, going on for the National Park Service uh, centennial celebration uh, this year. Before we dive into our conversation, I want to remind our listeners that Fed Talk is sponsored by uh, long-term care partners the, who sponsor the Office of Personnel Management sponsored federal long-term care insurance program. Um, would like to welcome our guests to the program. Uh, first of all, want to welcome back to the program uh, Jenny Anselmo Sarles. She's a spokesperson with the National Park Service in the National Capital Region. Uh, welcome back, Jenny. Thanks. Great to be with you again. Um, Jenny was on our program back in uh, August uh, of 2015. You can look that show up on um, the Federal News Radio website uh, when we were talking about uh, some of the parks uh, here in the D.C. area. Uh, if you're looking for ideas to go out on trips with your uh, family either this weekend or in the next couple months here. Um, also welcoming uh, Wendy O'Sullivan. She's the Associate Regional Director for Partnership uh, and Community Engagement um, in the National Capital Region for the National Park Service. Uh, welcome, Wendy. Thank Thanks, Jason. Great to be here. Um, thank you so much. And uh, our, our last guest is Alana Sobel. She's the Senior Communications Manager with the National Park Foundation, a, a supporter and a partner for the Park Service. Thank you, Jason. Happy to be here. Um, great. Well, uh, again, I'm, I'm really excited to, to have you all here today. This is a, a topic that uh, has a personal passion and connection to me, given some uh, travel that I did around the country, um, camping through national parks and forests after I uh, finished uh, undergrad in college. So I'm really excited for this. And uh, uh, we're going to be talking about, like I mentioned, some uh, initiatives and events coming up. But, but to set the stage uh, for our listeners, uh, I think it's important to kind of remind them on, on uh, what is the National Park Service? Uh, how many units are we at now? What kind of visitors are we looking at? Maybe the economic impact and, and what this means for our country, because it's really yeah. such a great and unique asset. National parks are something that are so special and represent the best of America. There's a great quote by a historian named Wallace Stigner. He said that national parks were the best idea we ever had. Absolutely American, absolutely democratic. They reflect us at our best rather than our worst. And I think that sums it up for me. And what is so special is that these are yours. These belong to you. And the national park idea uh, came about in, in the mid to late 1800s, but the National Park Service as an organization didn't uh, or wasn't established until 1916. So that's what we're celebrating this year, 100 years of the National Park Service. The first national park, Yellowstone, uh, was established in March of 1872. And today we have 410 parks across the country. They tell uh, diverse stories of our heritage, of who we are as a people. They protect some of our most amazing natural landscapes uh, and greatest features in our country. There are 84 million acres of land protected by the national park system from the largest national park, Wrangell St. Elias in Alaska, at 13.2 million acres. Uh, to the smallest up in Pennsylvania, not too far from us here in D.C., at just two-tenths of an acre. Um, that's a, a national memorial to Thaddeus Kosciuszko. Um, and today the national parks have uh, are so well-loved. We have over 300 million visitors a year. Um, those visitors help bolster the economic uh, uh, assets for communities, bringing in nearly $30 billion a year to the American economy and about 280,000 jobs. Uh, in D.C. alone, uh, national parks have an economic benefit of $700 million and, are, and support nearly 7,000 jobs just right here in our communities around D.C. Wow. And, and, you know, one of the things that you mentioned is, is really interesting is that the parks have become so popular that that they're almost at risk of being overloved. And I know that that's part of the, the challenge and the vision for the next hundred years and, and, and uh, some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. 
Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that we are trying to do with the Centennial is raise the awareness about all 410 sites, as well as the full breadth of the programs of the National Park Service. So things like the um, National Historic Register sites, places that also speak to our collective heritage and our cultural um, assets all across our communities. So even though visitation may be very high in some of our big classic icons out west, we have so many remarkable places and spaces that we can go visit that can shift um, to spread out that visitation so that we really can actually increase and draw in more um, diverse parts of American population to really love and get to know their national parks. And um, <clears throat> that's also what we're doing with the Find Your Park and Cuentra Tu Parque in Spanish movement, that we're helping people to, to see that, you know, a, a national park can be many different things to many different people. It can be a place, a physical place. It can also be a feeling. It can be a memory. It can be a moment in time that, that you really think is important. It can be a place or um, a feeling of reflection, you know, reflection on, on your personal life, reflection on this country's uh, triumphs and also our struggles. So with the, um, the Find Your Park Encuentro to Parque movement is, is really reaching people in their local communities and helping them see all that a park can be. And that's one of the ways that we're celebrating the National Park Service Centennial. This year, we actually launched it last year with the National Park Service. And, it, and it's really an idea that can live on well beyond the National Park Service Centennial. Absolutely. And I think that the, the Find Your Park initiative is really fascinating. And it's, it's really been amplified. And I know the Park Service and, and the Department of Interior more broadly are really using social media to, to not only tell the story from the vantage of the parks and, and showing the fantastic images, but letting um, individuals, families, communities also tell that story and, and help document that story. And to me, that's a really cool part of what's going on here. One of my favorite parts of the findyourpark.com website is the um, share your park portion, where as people are posting on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, it rolls up and it is just remarkable what the collection of the images and the stories and the videos that families and individuals are posting. Um, it just you know speaks to the spirit of engagement that's out there in these American public um, places. And, um, and the National Park Foundation has really done an excellent job of reaching out and creating some exciting new partnerships to reach out into kind of really, truly connect with the next generation, um, because that's what we're focused on for our centennial is really making this connection to create new stewards, to build new um, park visitors, to reach into new communities, um, ones that we need to make better connections with. So um, thanks to the National Park Foundation and some of our partners for helping us find new ways. And um, certainly social media has been a, a great connection for us that we're growing and learning to play in that space. Absolutely. Well, and, and we're going to be talking more about the role of those partnerships in, in helping the Park Service not only meet its mission, but but expanding and reaching out to those populations, uh, supporting the service and, and in the initiatives that it's got going on. Uh, and we'll dive into that conversation after our first break. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio. Uh, I'm Jason Breifel, your host. Today we're joined by two guests from the National Park Service and uh, a guest from the National Park Foundation uh, talking about the, the Park Service uh, centennial ce celebration. Uh, before the break, we were uh, kind of setting the stage for our conversation and talking about the important role of uh, partnerships throughout the centennial ce celebration. And uh, Alana, can you tell us a little bit more about what the, the National Park Foundation is doing to support the Park Service and maybe some of the interesting partnerships that are going on? Of course. So the National Park Foundation is the official chair and nonprofit partner to the National Park Service. We are incredibly honored to have that role, and we've been doing that for nearly 50 years. We actually celebrate 50 years next year, which we're very excited about. 
Um, so we work with a variety of partners that we um, identify with the National Park Service. So they're very much a part of the conversations that happen. And um, we have a really interesting um, partnership with Hit Record, which is a production, a collaborative production company that was started by actor um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And it's an incredible movement where people, artists all over the country come together, whether that be musicians, artists, I mean, you name it, comic artists. I've said that word three times. I, the word that comes to mind is just really creative um, artists. And they're coming together and they are celebrating the national parks in all different ways, whether it be music, art, drawings, comics, as I said earlier. And it, this, is, this is so incredible. And we'll be sharing... Um, some of that creative work that they've been producing later later this year. And I really, I really think that you all will enjoy it. It's almost like a crowdsourcing way mm-hmm. to create sort of new content that tells the connections of just sort of everyday Americans with their national parks. And some of the creative materials that are coming out of this, um, the Hit Record partnership have just been so fun to watch. Um, I can't wait for some of the, some of the products to come out on that one. That one's been fun. And you know, one of our other big um, um, corporate partners is Humana. Um, there's actually um, six big corporate partners that are supporting um, the Find Your Park ca- campaign. Humana is one of them. And they've just really embraced. Um, we have a program in the Park Service that's Healthy Parks, Healthy People, really trying to make this connection that national parks can be um, a key part of your life to be healthy and vibrant. And Humana has really embraced that and created some very fun um, uh sort of online ads and PSAs about our park prescription program where doctors are prescribing visits to national parks. Um, so it'd and be fun to share some of those videos. They're great. Because the doctors actually talk about checking on your nature engagement levels. And I think it is hilarious. And it really played well on social media. I mean, people are loving it. And another partnership, too, is um, with American Express. And they actually came out with a free app that everyone can download called Save the Park, which is a lot of fun. I personally am having a lot of fun sharing it with nieces and nephews and cousins. and It's sort of a game um, mm-hmm. on how you can be a volunteer and, and do all these little activities to, to help your park. So it's both a fun app um, where it's a game, um, but it also has this message about connecting and you know finding ways. You can actually link off the app to find ways to volunteers mm-hmm. in the park. So having these kind of new... Um, partnerships that are creating new entry points to both learn about national parks, engage in them, and support them have really been important for the Park Service. We have sort of these three pillars that are key for um, the engagement. It's find your park, um, share your park, and support your park. And so we have partnerships in all those areas. And these are examples of getting back to our goal for the National Park Service Centennial to connect with and create the next generation of park visitors, supporters, and advocates. And so we get to see that. We get to see how people are connecting with, visiting, and and sharing their parks and loving their parks through these partnerships and through the initiatives and events that are happening throughout the centennial year. Absolutely. And I know that one of those initiatives is is the Urban Agenda. Um, and uh, I read some of the materials over the Urban Agenda and I was really interested to read that, uh, you know, we have 80 percent of, of the population in our country is in urban areas. And uh, they might not necessarily have that opportunity to go out to some of those iconic locations out in the West. But but as you mentioned earlier, uh, if you're in the D.C. area, you have uh, plenty of options right here in your backyard that you don't even necessarily even need to leave the city about. And uh, it's been really interesting to, to hear uh, how the Park Service is, is trying to embrace that not only here in D.C., but across the country. Yeah, it's a it's an incredible component of a, a larger effort to think about our next um, century and really identifying that um, connecting with urban um, communities is key to sustaining the future of the Park Service because it is really about being relevant to Americans. And yeah, if you put a pin right here where we're sitting at the studio and do a two-hour radius around that pin, there's over 40 national parks that are just right here within you know a day trip drive. That's 10% of the Park Service is just right here in our greater metro area. Um, that same kind of look in, in cities, you can look all across the country and find those local connections to national parks. So there's an effort in the Park Service to purposefully kind of relook at how we engage with our urban communities, really focus on how national parks can be more a part of the community itself, bring quality of life, um, increase 
the benefits um, of those open spaces or historic um, places. Um, so it really is trying to reshift how we think about how um, national what national parks can bring to those urban populations and highlight the val- the value of parks in everyday life. Um, you know, here in D.C., we're fortunate to have so many historic places and protected spaces. And, you know, the whether you uh, have lunch in Farragut Square or uh, get off the metro in DuPont Circle, you have a moment there in a national park. Um, or in Anacostia Park along the Anacostia River, the stroll you may take with your kids or your dog, uh, or stopping for lunch under one of the trees in one of the, the Capitol Hill parks. These are your neighborhood national parks right here in D.C. And so with the urban agenda, we're looking at across the country um, how parks can provide value and work with communities and serve as important places uh, to recreate, to um, to remember and and to to be with your friends and your family. When we were talking about on on the break, some of those uh, those parks uh, in various cities around the country that are telling the the stories of, of of various communities. For example, in in Los Angeles, telling the story of the Latino community via the Cesar Chavez Park, and uh, in Chicago with the Pullman Park, um, uh, in New York City with Stonewall, telling the story of the LBGT community. And to me, that's really interesting because that that hasn't been a big fo- focus of the Park Service up to date, but but really has been embraced and, and seems like it's being accelerated through this uh, ur- urban agenda. Definitely. I mean, you know, I think it's pretty clear that the you know the agency is is attempting to really purposely tell the full story of America and we're doing it because not only is it the right thing to do um, it's also part of the future of being relevant to all Americans so really trying to um, embrace all the stories that make up the fabric of America and um, sometimes those are stories that we've missed over the years. Um, sometimes they're just re-looking at sites we already have and making sure we're telling the full story. So just recently, um, with those new additions, we're telling more of the full story of America. And it's a, it's a purposeful attempt to be able to embrace all um, Americans and be able to diversify how we connect all across the country. And I would add to that, too, that that we as a park community really see the value in people seeing themselves in the park because we really feel that you are the parks. People are the parks and parks are really personal. And and we want people to go to a park and feel that that place is for them and reflects their story as well. That's very cool. And, you know, I'm very excited to to hear how um, that goes out. Uh, Well, so I know that so we've got this agenda and and part of the making this vision a reality is is tapping into that collaboration and synergy between the Park Service, other government agencies, but also uh, the corporate and nonprofit community. And uh, I know that there's the, the Centennial Challenge, uh, which is helping uh, with uh, initiative through matching dollars, federal and, and uh, uh, raised dollars to, to help the Park Service uh, meet, meet the challenges and, and demands of the next century. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. It's exciting. Um, Congress, um, there's a part of the legislation and the authorizations that have happened for the Park Service for the Centennial includes a program called Centennial Challenge. It's just a remarkable example of Congress and park partners coming together to invest in the future of our national parks for the Centennial year. So it's truly a matching program where there's at least one-to-one federal to partner dollars. And the Park Service um, is really fortunate. In 2015, there was $10 million that was available for matching. In 2016, there's $15 million for matching. And here in D.C., you know, we just really did so well in this program. We have remarkable partners all across our national parks here in the greater D.C. area. And um, just for um, 2016, um, we had... um, almost about $11 million total with matching and partnered, uh, federal matching and partner dollars um, that were able to do remarkable projects that are helping with uh, with facility projects, with accessibility, new programming to reach new audiences. One of the really fun ones um, that is just such an exciting way to match dollars um, is the federal match um, for CNO Canal is with the 
Kanokachik uh, Aqueduct being rehabilitated. And um, over $1 million is being matched by over $7 million from the state of Maryland um, to bring back um, a portion of the CNO Canal towpath and the aqueduct there to bring it back to uh, a period from the 1920s. It's um, in Williamsport along the towpath for CNO Canal. It's, um, it's going to change the recreation access for there. It's um, really just a remarkable um, showcase of these matching dollars bringing back parts of our national parks. And that's what this is about. It's uh, what visitors will see, and it will improve their experience. It will enhance their experience and make sure that parks can meet the needs of today's visitors and continue to provide amazing experiences into the future. And, you know, Wendy was talking about the match for uh, the aqueduct at the CNO Canal in partnership with the state of Maryland. And, you know, for every dollar invested in national parks, we talked a little bit earlier about the economic benefit, but for, for every dollar invested in national parks, there's nearly a $10 return on that investment. Now, I'm not an economist, but I'm sure they'd tell you that's one heck of a solid and smart investment. So these are examples of ways we're working with partners, working with states and other governments to make sure that parks serve our communities and uh, provide positive experiences, the best experiences um, that national parks are known for into the future. And another example that we actually are very excited to have recently just um, announced the sale of are the 100th anniversary of the National Park Service commemorative coins. So those are minted by the United States Mint, and they have the potential to raise millions for our national parks. So that is really incredible because not only are they a memento for today, but they're an heirloom for tomorrow. And they're they're beautiful. They show the diversity of our national parks, highlighting natural, cultural, historical heritage. And, and they're a lot of fun. I personally had to buy several of them. But. <laughs> and that money will go back into national exactly. parks, go back to serving visitors and protecting these places and continuing to enhance those experiences. Mm-hmm. That's that's really cool. And it, it, it what is the the status of it sounds like Congress has already approved this legislation, so this is already on the books and this is already happening. So f- 2015 and 16, yep. Um, and there's, of course, um, we have interest in extending that program. Of, it'll have to be, you know, within the budget and mm-hmm. that's proposed Congress and then Congress considers it. But we are hoping for um, at least 17 and 18 to also be included. There's also another um, fund source um, that's already. Um, been established um, that's called the Helium Fund for 2018 and 2019 that are matching dollars, that a portion of those funds will be going towards national park uh, matching projects. Um, And so we're really working with our parks and our partners to identify those projects that would be a good fit for federal match and philanthropic support. Um, And it's really just this this movement that is happening to really reinvest in our national parks for the next century. Um, so we're, we're just thrilled with both the centennial challenge matching and this new opportunity um, with these new funds called the Helium Funds. That's really neat. And it, it does sound like it, it really is a kind of all-hands-on-deck effort. And, and, and to the, the stat that, that you mentioned, Jenny, that the 10 to 1 return on investment um, I think we all remember a couple of years ago when the parks shut down and, and communities around the country really felt that impact because people had to cancel their trips, uh, the guides, the grocery stores, the gas stations, the hotels, all of those things are affected. And I think uh, it's great to see that people are really starting to wrap their head around that big picture and, and what parks mean, not only for those that get to visit them, but but for those who are, are, are servicing the visitors and uh, the communities in and around parks. Well, we're going to take a break here, and uh, when we come back from our break, we're going to be talking about a couple uh, upcoming events and initiatives uh, around the uh, centennial, including some that are going to be uh, centered here in D.C., but are going to be expanded out to the uh, the nation writ large. You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 a.m. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. If you're a federal manager, you deal with a lot of information. 
Here's a tip on breaking through the noise. Join the Federal Managers Association to have a voice on Capitol Hill. And to get filtered news and information specific to managing your workforce, join the 50,000 other federal managers who already subscribe and read the free weekly e-report, fedmanager.com. I'm Todd Wells, Executive Director of the Federal Managers Association, and I approve this message. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio. Uh, I'm your host, Jason Breifel. I'm joined by two guests from the National Park Service, uh, Jenny Anselmo Sarles and Wendy O'Sullivan, and Alana Sobel from the National Park Foundation. We've been talking about our, our national parks and, the, and their partners who are helping uh, celebrate the, uh, the 100 years of the National Park Service. Um, we're going to talk about in this segment uh, some of the events that are coming up, uh, not only here in the D.C. area, but uh, around the country. And, and one of those is, is right around the corner with uh, National Park Week. Yeah, we, we invite all of you to come find your park uh, here or somewhere else across the country during National Park Week. Uh, a great opportunity because all national parks will be free April 16th through the 24th. Uh, a lot of events happening across the country and here in D.C. Um, uh, on April 24th, we have an event at Meridian Hill Park, certainly a well-loved neighborhood national park. Uh, we're partnering with... Uh, some different health organizations, healthcare, um, and and partners for a lot of healthy activities. There will be free public health screenings, a boot camp, a fitness boot camp with outdoor afro, yoga, and tai chi. There's a, a group dog walk, um, an obstacle course for kids. So that's an example of something happening here during National Park Week. The Anacostia River Festival on April 17th. Come down, find your park at Anacostia Park for the River Festival. Amazing activities. I was there for it last year. It's a lot of fun. Uh, last year was the first year, and it's just going to get bigger and better every year, connecting people all across the district. And for people in the district, uh, in the National Capital Region here, is there a, a website or somewhere they can go to, to learn about those, those uh, events right here in our region? Go to nps.gov, uh, and you can find events. There's an event calendar, and they should all roll up. You can um, search by area, search by date, and find an activity or an event near you um, to come explore, bring your friends, bring your family, and find your park. Perfect. Yeah, right on the front page of nps.gov is uh, you know this link that takes you to all the information about National Park Week. Some of the other fun things happening during National Park Week, April 16th is Junior Ranger Day, so we have this great program that we've had for many years where the littlest vid visitors can learn about national parks, um, complete some um, different steps and, and um, challenges, and then they get sworn in as um, a junior ranger. I would add, though, that junior rangers can be of all ages. I personally still love to participate in the junior <laughs> ranger program, although they it are, is intended for fun. a younger generation. Yep. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, and then, of course, April 22nd is Earth Day. We're um, joining um, NASA and other partners at um, Union Station for a great event on Earth Day. Um, so you'll see the Park Service out there. Um, also on April 23rd is um, we're trying something new. Remember we talked about doing social media. Um, we are going to do a National Park Insta Meet. So this will be a case where nationwide um, we're inviting um, folks to go um, into um, community.com or communityinstagram.com. Um, and in there, you'll see the on April um, 23rd, the National Park Service Insta Meet. So it'll be a way to gather people all across the country with photos and videos. Um, so it'll be a first attempt for us on that. So that'll be fun. But I think that the best part is that we have a whole week of fee-free entrance to all national parks across the country. So that's pretty special. It's a great opportunity for folks who maybe haven't visited a national park before to try it out. Um, and for those who love national parks and are regular visitors, visit a new park or go back to your favorite park. And I would also add that for people that have, that currently visit parks a lot, I, I invite you to bring someone who has never visited a park before. That is such an incredible experience to, to see someone's face light up the first time they experience a park. And Another, getting to share a place you love mm -hmm. with someone who hasn't experienced it before. Definitely. Another fun event during National Park Week is on um, the the second Saturday, April 23rd, um, George Washington Memorial Parkway is hosting basically a, a park-wide 
um, day to celebrate and sort of kick off their centennial summer um, and holding all different events up and down Mount Vernon Trail and at different uh, um, p- points along GW Parkway. So um, you can go to mps.gov GWMP to learn about that fun event on April 23rd. Cool. That well, it sounds like there's there's certainly a lot, and uh, excited to see how that uh, Insta meetup goes. I know that uh, you, the the Park Service and the Interior Department's uh, Instagram accounts are some of the most popular out there. I know that I uh, often share some of the amazing images that are uh, posted up there. So really interested to see what uh, our fellow citizens are able to uh, to share there. Um, and I know that uh, after National Park Week, there's a, another big initiative coming up in, in May with the BioBlitz. Uh, wh- what can you tell yeah. us about that? As part of celebrating 100 years, more than 100 national parks across the country um, will be conducting a BioBlitz. A BioBlitz is a fun, fast-paced quest to discover and document um, the creepers and crawlers, the mammals, the plants and insects, and more in national parks. And during these rapid biological surveys, scientists and volunteers of all ages and all backgrounds work together to compile a snapshot of biodiversity in your national parks. So this is something you can do. Um, Bring your friends, bring your family, sign up and participate in a BioBlitz. The National Parks BioBlitz Washington, D.C. will be taking place for two days, May 20th and 21st, um, at all national parks in the greater Washington area. Uh, participants uh, will get to work with um, well-known scientists and scientists who are experts in their fields to discover and find new species. Last year, there was a bioblitz at Hawaii Volcanoes National Park, and they actually found 22 new species through that bioblitz. They found jumping spiders um, and some other really unique uh, finds. So as part of uh, the centennial this year, Washington, D.C. is hosting the cornerstone event for BioBlitz, even though they are happening all across the country, um, where we'll be working to discover and document living organisms uh, in all parks around here. Um, check out a, an, early mer- an early morning bird adventure on Theodore Roosevelt, Roosevelt Island, um, fish surveys in Rock Creek Park, a spider inventory at Dyke Marsh, a honeybee. Uh, inventory at Manassas National Battlefield Park. Those are just some of the examples of the types of inventories. Um, Sign up for an inventory. They're two hours long for kids eight and up. Um, In addition to the inventories and research that's taking place, there will be a concurrent two-day biodiversity festival held on the National Mall at Constitution Gardens. Um, It's a free family-friendly festival uh, featuring hands-on science exhibits, entertainment, art, food, you name it. Uh, it will also serve as a base camp for the BioBlitz research and activities uh, and provide a virtual connection to all the biodiversity events taking place across national parks. The festival is from 9 to 5 each day on May 20th and 21st. I'm looking forward uh, to the evening during the Bugs, Bats, and Brew on Friday night for a celebration with a special evening of science and fun in Constitution Gardens. Um, That festival will feature music, hands-on science activities. There will be local breweries uh, and science talks. So that should be a fun evening and way to celebrate the success of BioBlitz. It really is a remarkable program. This is the 10th year of BioBlitz. It's with um, the National Geographic um, is our primary partner. The very first BioBlitz happened here in D.C. at Rock Creek, and then it's traveled all across the country to other national parks. So we're so thankful for National Geographic um, and, you know, really just can't express enough about how, what a fun two days this is going to be here in D.C. and, and across across the country. So um, plan your um, time to go do a survey and then come down to the mall and enjoy the bio, um, biodiversity festival at Constitution Gardens. And if you want to learn more, um, visit nationalgeographic.com slash bioblitz. You can sign up to register there and learn more about the events for the BioBlitz on May 20th and 21st in D.C. and at BioBlitzes across the country.
And I think, you know, in, in reading the materials to get ready for the show, uh, it sounds like they're using a, an app, um, the iNaturalist app, for to, to help facilitate the BioBlitz. And to me, it sounds like a really interesting way to empower uh, yeah. people with the device that's already in their pocket yes. to go out and conduct this. I can imagine maybe 10 years ago when we started, if we were asking folks, you know, go out with a piece of paper and try and figure out what you're seeing in nature and, and uh, identifying species. If you're not a scientist, maybe that's a little daunting. But if you have uh, some technology um, and that that really puts a lot of power in your hand that hopefully people can can go out there and, and really see some more momentum, uh, especially as this BioBlitz expands out across the country this year. Yeah, we're really excited. Um, iNaturalist is, is letting um everyday individuals be able to become sort of citizen scientists. And um, and it also is using sort of crowdsourcing to be able to identify um, different um, different species that are that are being that are being found. Um, and it was used um, last year for the Hawaii trip. And, and that is some of how they were able to have sort of these really big um, discoveries. discoveries. Yeah. So it's exciting to um, with technology advancing we are um, making even more connections and and having more ways of um, really having fun and drawing people into these events so they can see how they can connect as well. Great. And is this going to, I know that there's a uh, a block of time when, when we're trying to, to, to encourage folks to do the BioBlitz, but is this an, an ongoing initiative that folks will have a chance, you know, as they're finding their park throughout the year to, to engage in, or are there other kind of linkages that, that are going on um, you know, across the centennial and beyond. National parks uh, should always serve as a hotbed for science, for learning, for education. Um, and we encourage uh, people to embrace and, and become citizen scientists and champion that in one way to engage us through the BioBlitz. But there will be other opportunities throughout the year. Um, you can volunteer with a national park uh, and help lend your expertise if you're a scientist. Um, and if you're interested in something, you know, the, the technology that's available to us today um, allows uh, this greater collaboration with citizen scientists and among, uh, you know, doctoral candidates and other researchers. So BioBlitz is a great opportunity um, and focused opportunity to collaborate on that. We do have um, programs that are running um, sort of um, throughout the year and, and with schools and, and partners that um, do similar things to BioBlitz and really trying to teach kids in particular about both their environment, their watershed. Um, one of our longstanding partnerships is with the Alice Ferguson Foundation called Bridging the Watershed, where um, school children are learning about um, the different components of our water system that is here, our watershed that surrounds the Potomac and the Anacostia. So yeah, I think BioBlitz is is just this fun um, event that helps really raise a bigger awareness about um, connecting to our, our resources and, and our national parks. Um, but we do have programs throughout the year as well. And I think that um, the Every Kid in a Park initiative also really supports that and, and is really helping to get not only fourth graders in the parks, but their families. And I was actually recently at a conference, Hispanicized, down in Miami, and someone told me a story that he brought his daughter to a park, his whole family, in fact, and the fourth grader had the pass. And when they approached the gate of the National Park, um, the National Park Service employee said, okay, I would like to speak with the fourth grader. So she went to the front of the car. He spoke with her. He said, okay, now you understand it's because of you that your family is getting to visit this park. And the father told me that it was such an incredible moment that his daughter's face lit up. All the other siblings who were older said, that is so cool. Thank you so much for getting us into the park. And I just think that's magical. It's fun. The Every Kid in a Park program is an initiative of um, this administration to make sure that every fourth grader has the ability to, for free, go to their public lands, their federal public lands. So Park Service has been sort of center of that initiative. And um, and we are rolling it into the next year. So, um, so in August, the new um, passes um, will start um, going into effect for the September school year. And it's, it is an exciting program. If you have fourth graders out there that don't know about it, you can go to everykidinapark.org. Um, or gov. Dot gov. Everykidinapark.gov. Sorry about that. Um, and there, all the information is there on how to download um, 
the forms and where to go get your passes. Perfect. And I love that story, um, uh, Alana. That, that, that's so great. And, and I think that's, uh, as we talked about, it's, it's it's partially about creating those memories. And, and yeah. I'm sure that that fourth grader and, and her siblings are probably going to remember that for a long time. Um, and, and I think that's that's a really cool and interesting part of uh, of what's going on here with uh, with all these initiatives. Uh, we're going to take our last break of the program, and, and when we come back, we'll, we'll, we'll provide a, a wrap-up uh, and, and a look ahead to uh, what's in store for the, the National Park Service and their partners in the, in the next hundred years, and uh, also providing a reminder for all the listeners of uh, where you can go for, for information and uh, facts on all the great things that we've been talking about today. You're listening to Federal News Radio, uh, 1500 AM. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. We're talking about the National Park Service uh, and its partners celebrating the uh, 100th year of, of the park and, and uh, looking ahead. Uh, I've had a, a really great conversation hearing about some of the uh, events and initiatives that are going on uh, already uh, and uh, into the future. And uh, during the break, we were talking about uh, some other initiatives going on. So, uh, Wendy, wh- what else is going on be- besides, uh, you know, the, the urban agenda, the bio blitz, the centennial challenge? Because uh, I know that there's there's so much that we, if we talked for hours, we could keep going. But but anything else that, that you feel is really important for our listeners to, to hear about? Yeah, I think it's just Um, What I've found has been so rewarding is, you know, as I go out and talk um, with our community partners and and, um, different interest groups and share the opportunities around the centennial, how many of them have adopted the centennial themselves to help celebrate the national parks and honor those hundred years and looking ahead. You know, for example, um, we're just wrapping, kind of coming to the end of the um, National Cherry Blossom Festival. The Cherry Blossom Festival adopted the 100th anniversary of the Park Service as their theme this year. Um, We also have um, an exhibit that's at the U.S. Botanic Gardens that's called Flora of National Parks, and that's also um, honoring and celebrating the 100th of the Park Service. It's an art exhibit where um, art from all across national parks is being showcased. So you can go. um, That exhibit's open, uh, started in February and runs through October. Um, really remarkable art that came in from all across the country. Um, so that's really fun. And we have more exciting things that we have planned with the U.S. Botanic Garden that I can't quite talk about yet. So Uh-oh. maybe we'll come back for all another right. show. But also uh, something else that's coming next month that's so exciting that is this example of others adopting the Park Service and celebrating is um, the 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 um, U.S. Um, Postal Service is going to be issuing um, National Park Service Centennial stamps. Um, And so we're excited because one of our um, parks here in the D.C. area will be featured on that. Um, And that news will be coming out soon. But there's um, 16 national parks that will be featured um, um, coming out in these forever stamps with the U.S. Postal Service. And also here locally, um, folks can go to... um, the Smithsonian um, Natural um, um, History Museum to see the um, uh, National Parks Adventure IMAX film. Um, So this is just a few of the examples of what other partners and other um, great icons in in and around DC are doing to sort of help celebrate and honor the 100th of the Park Service. And we, we get to highlight these amazing things, where we've been, what we're doing this year, um, and look forward to the next century, the second century of stewardship and service. And we're trying to, you know, we've talked a lot about the goals for parks to be relevant um, to our population, the need for um, finding a culture that's flexible and values diverse ideas and embraces meaningful participation of all. 
And so this year, we're trying to invigorate that effort, reach out to new audiences through some of these exhibits as we celebrate 100 years um, and work to further our goals of relevancy, of establishing personal connections to the National Park Service, to the parks and programs, help find meaning and value in the National Park mission for today's American public. Um, make sure that we, not only as a workforce, but as uh, places that are protected, represent the diversity of our country, actively incorporating people and places with different backgrounds, perspectives, and stories, um, and this larger inclusion and, and internally building a culture that's flexible and, and showcasing those diverse ideas um, in the places that we protect and the people we serve. And I also want to add that national parks are places for dialogue. So if you go to a place and and you feel like your story isn't reflected, have that conversation. Talk to the National Park Service staff about that because these places are they're not only for dialogue, they're for healing and they're for recreation, enjoyment. They're all of those things. I think it, that's an interesting concept that, you know, the parks aren't uh, a static uh, representation of some piece of our history, that it's a, a dynamic and ongoing conversation. And, and to your point, if uh, if there's a piece of that story or that that history that that isn't being told, uh, it sounds like there's an openness on the on the behalf of the Park Service to consider that and figure out how to wrap that into the programming or the exhibits or the the events that that are at a particular park or location. Yes, definitely. I, you know, I, I think all of these all of these ways to tell our stories are so important. Um, I think it also is important. You know, Centennial really is about having fun reintroducing Americans to their national parks and finding fun ways to connect and engage. It can be in person and we welcome that and come see your national parks, find your park. It can be virtual by sharing online through the find your park campaign. Um, you know, August 25th is the hundredth of the park service this year. Um, so there are all sorts of neat programs and events that are being planned um, one that I'll just give a little sneak peek of for D.C. that we're working on is um, that night, August 25th in D.C., the Nationals are playing the Orioles. So a little uh, battle of the beltways is um, lining up. And um, and we are working with the Nationals to have that night be um, uh, National Parks at Nationals Park. Um, and uh, the Nationals are... Um, really just been great with us. Um, we're going to have a set of seats that are for park partners and kids um, that that we're able to do. And, and so more to come about that game that night. But those are the, some of the things that we're trying to do to make sure that it is about telling the full story of America, but it's also about having fun. And as we learn more, working to um, help the stories evolve to better represent um, the stories, the heritage, and these values that are important to all of us as Americans, and and find ways to make sure that that people can continue to find meaning and value in their national parks because this is this is about you. I started off the show talking about how amazing it is that national parks belong to all of us, all Americans, that they're yours. These belong to you, and and what an incredible idea and concept. And so we look forward to continuing that into a, a second century of stewardship and service and continuing to build on that. And I think that through the partnerships we've talked about, um, not only with the National Park Foundation and their efforts, um, but with all of our park partners and community members, even if it's um, not a, a formal partnership, but um, you build those connections, whether it's uh, signing up to volunteer and help pick up trash or remove weeds there are opportunities for you to help us uh, launch into a second century um, with gusto and setting all of us up to enjoy the next 100 years of protecting these stories and places. Well, and, and as the, the National Park Foundation enters its 50th year next year, uh, how, how are you all approaching all of this is in, in the dynamic uh, the, as the Park Service is, is uh, somewhat modernizing and, and changing its direction? Sure. So we are along for the ride, very much so. And we um, are actually, um, we launched our $350 million centennial campaign for America's national parks. So we are very happy that we've already raised more than $210 million toward that goal. So we are very much committed to being 
um, a partner today, tomorrow, and into the next 100 years of the National Park Service and ensuring that um, these places are here for generations and generations to enjoy. Park philanthropy is something that has been from the very first days of the National Park idea where um, in regular citizens and and famous, you know, wealthy Americans, uh, so that whole range have committed their time, treasure, and talent to help build this network of national parks. And, you know, so this campaign by the National Park Foundation is, is just so thrilling and exciting from someone that has worked for the Park Service for 20 years to see this kind of commitment that's happening all across the country. Um, we have over 200 um, park-based philanthropic partners that are also raising support for their individual parks. So this movement that's happening that is um, both from the Park Service side and from the partner side to um, help position us for the next century is um, it's just remarkable to witness. And you know, I'm honored to work for the National Park Service. And there are innumerable ways for you to get involved, um, like we said, volunteering. But to learn more, you can visit nps.gov um, to find out more about those opportunities for ways to contribute to your national parks with your time, talent, and treasure. Uh, and, you know, share your experiences when you're out in a park. If you take a selfie or make a video or find something cool, share your story. Share what these places mean to you on findyourpark.com. And, and let us know how you connect with your national parks and share that with others so they can help find their park too. Use the hashtag findyourpark. Use the hashtag NPS100. Um, you know, we're, we're rolling all this up so that we're able to kind of show this big um, presence that is out there where people are loving and finding and enjoying their national parks. And I would also add that you can also use the hashtag Encuentra Tu Parque, which is in Spanish, because this is a bilingual movement, because because we know and we fully embrace that the, the face of this country is different than it was 100 years ago. And also you can visit nationalparks.org to learn more about the National Park Foundation. Great. Um, this has been, uh, uh, again, for me, a, a really great conversation to, to host today as uh, someone who's uh, both traveled national parks with my, my family uh, growing up and, and now that I have a, a young family and, and also who camped and parked through uh, national forests and parks uh, following college. And I, th I think it really is uh, an important time for, for our country to, to really embrace something that is truly unique and that attracts not only visitors from across America, but from across the world. Because mm -hmm. um, not many countries have the amazing spaces that we have, especially some of our iconic lands, but but also uh, this new direction in telling that cultural history of America is, is so important as our as our country becomes more diverse. and 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 I'm really excited to to see what's in store for for the next hundred years and to 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 help do my part here. And uh, hopefully we'll be able to have you all back uh, maybe later in the year to to check in to to see th where things are at. Um, but but do remind folks that uh, we've got National Park Week coming up, uh, April 16th through 24th, uh, when you've got free admission at any of your national park units uh, across the country. Um, the Bio Blitz coming up in D.C. Um, centered around the May 21st, uh, 20th and 21st uh, with that Biodiversity Festival um, out at Constitutional Gardens and uh, on the National Mall. Sounds really neat. And uh, I'd just like to, to thank once again uh, our guests uh, for coming on today, uh, Jenny Anzelmo Sarles and Wendy O'Sullivan from the National Park Service, uh, Alana Sobel from the National Park Foundation. Uh, thank you for being here with us today. Uh, you've been listening to Fed Talk. Uh, Fed Talk is brought to you by the law firm of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. I uh, hope everyone has a great weekend, and uh, I'd encourage you all to uh, find your park. Bye.